Hello, and thank you for listening to the Daily Rejoicing Podcast. It is Friday, July the 1st, and I'm so excited to get into the meat of Psalm 17 with you today. Yesterday was really just an introduction to the psalm, and we're in Psalm 17 today, so grab your Bible, get over there, and it's entitled, remember, A Prayer of David. It's where David prays to be delivered from his enemies. Yesterday, we saw the possible circumstances surrounding his prayer. David was surrounded by Saul in the wilderness of Maon. He prayed for deliverance, and then God drew Saul away from David, saving David out of Saul's hand. And David was able to escape to the oasis of Engidai. So we entitled the psalm, The Prayer That Took David from the Wilderness of Maon to the Oasis at Engidai. And so today, let's examine in detail what David prayed in Psalm 17 and see how it can affect our own prayer life. And so we'll be looking at this prayer in three parts. David declares his innocence, then David describes his enemies, and then David divulges his hope. So number one, what we'll look at today, we'll just do the first one today, verses one through five where David declares his innocence, or we'll call it purity in prayer. So Psalm 17, look at verse number one. The Bible says, Hear the right, O Lord. Attend unto my cry. Give ear unto my prayer that goeth not out of feigned lips. Let my sentence come forth from thy presence. Let thine eyes behold the things that are equal. He starts out the psalm, by saying, or the prayer, by saying, hear me, hear me. That doesn't only mean to listen. It means to heed and to obey. So he's insisting that God, that the Lord Jehovah, hear him, listen, and obey. How could David be so confident in his prayer and to insist that God give him what he was asking? Well, it's because he knew that he was right. In his position, it said, Hear the right, O Lord. He wasn't praying deceitfully or with wrong motives either. His prayer didn't go out of feigned lips. Notice, uh, give ear to my prayer that goeth not out of feigned lips. F E I G N E D. Feigned. Feigned means fake. Fake. It wasn't fake, he was being sincere. He was praying in the will of God. David hadn't asked to be king, and yet God had chosen him to be the next king after Saul. He was anointed by Samuel, the man of God. And if Saul here was successful in killing David, then evil would win. And David wasn't having it because he knew that at this point, there was no evil in his own life that would have been the cause of this attack. Now, that's not to say that David believed himself to be sinless, not at all. Jesus Christ was the only person to never sin. But here's what David said in his prayer. Look at verse 3. Oh, and what a verse. Psalm 17.3. If you're looking for a good verse to memorize, this is a good one. It says, Thou hast proved mine heart. Thou hast visited me in the night. Thou hast tried me and shalt find nothing. I am purposed that my mouth 
shall not transgress. Can you pray that in sincerity? David said, check me out, Lord. Thou shalt find nothing. He opened his heart wide and said, have a look around, Lord. You can open any drawer, open any closet, look under any rug. You can examine everything. Thou hast visited me in the night. That's what it says. Thou hast proved mine heart. Thou hast tried me, checked me out, tested me, shalt find nothing. God searched his heart and there were no impure motives. There was no bitterness, no hatred, scheming, nothing. And as we study David's prayer, we see that there is a particular power in praying with a pure heart. We looked yesterday at the amazing moving of God to suddenly send messengers to Saul right as he was about to overtake David in the wilderness of Maon, that the Philistines had come into the land. So Saul had to suddenly just depart. He had David. He had his enemy. He was ready to kill him and all of his mighty men with him. But then suddenly, or seemingly suddenly, God had messengers come. So David, uh, or the Philistines have invaded the land. You've got to leave from chasing after David. And we want to know what moves God like that. What moves God? And we see that when you pray with a pure heart, God moves. If you are in the will of God, walking humbly, doing justly, loving mercy, you're in the will of God, you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Well, when you go to God in that case, then you can move on right away to the asking part of prayer. But if you have unrepented of sin in your life, you should still go to God. But in that time, between you and the Lord, he first needs to work on you. Remember that prayer always affects us much more than it affects God. When you pray, prayer changes you. And sometimes God will reveal the cause of your predicament that you're praying about. If David had sinned here and had put himself in this situation, then God would have dealt with David first, not with the situation. You see, oftentimes God will allow consequences of our own actions to overtake us, thereby driving us to God in prayer, where God can then work on our heart, get us to repent, get right with God, get things fixed between us and the Lord. And then he'll often be gracious, he'll often be merciful in that situation, not not every time. Sometimes he uses it to discipline us or for another reason, to show his glory, whatever it is. But always, most important, is not the alleviating of suffering, it is the fixing of our heart, getting us right with God himself. He is most concerned with our heart. But here, David went to God and went right to, hear me, attend to my cry, check me out, you'll find nothing. And then he said this, I am purposed that my mouth shall not transgress. That's the last phrase of verse number three. I'm purposed or determined that my mouth shall not transgress or sin or say anything that it's not supposed to say. I was at church uh, Wednesday night and during the service, I was just pondering this verse. Just, I confess I was daydreaming for a minute. And did you know that nothing you ever say just pops out? It was first in your heart. You control what comes out of your mouth. I heard of some men who went for a game of golf. And in the foursome, there was a pastor, a missionary that that pastor's church supported, and a couple other Christian men, one of whom told this story. And during the game, this particular gentleman was having a bad game. 
And as he hit the ball, he accidentally sent it right smack into the missionary's head. When the ball hit the missionary, he fell to his knees and began to curse and to swear terribly. I mean, what a shock. The whole scene must have been quite a shock. Well, the next day, the pastor that was in the foursome dropped the missionary from support. And as he explained why, he said if it came out of his mouth, it was first in his heart. And you control what you say. You control what you allow your heart to meditate upon. And David, look again in verse 3 of Psalm 17, had purposed that his mouth would not transgress. And he gossiped, lying, backbiting, cursing, bitterness, put it far from you. Saul was going around lying about David, but David would not do the same thing. He wouldn't even be disrespectful to Saul. And you know, as I think about that, reading 1st, 2nd Samuel, I don't remember a time, and I might be wrong here, but just going off memory, I don't remember a time when David really said anything bad about Saul. Now he said, uh, what Saul's doing is unjust to me, but he didn't, he didn't criticize Saul. How could he possibly do that? Because David had decided that he wouldn't. He purposed that his mouth would not transgress. And what governed what came out of David's lips were the words that had come out of God's lips. I'll explain. Verse number four says, concerning the works of men, by the word of thy lips, I have kept me from the paths of the destroyer. What would we accurately call the word of God's lips? Well, it's, it's if you're following along, it's, it's what you have in your hand. It's what you're looking at. It's your Bible. It's the word of God. David was kept on the right path, kept away from the destroyer by obeying the word of God. There is safety and obedience. If you obey the Bible, you're kept from the path of the destroyer. He goes on in verse five, hold up my goings in thy paths that my footsteps slip not. David was kept on the right path by obeying the word of God. If you obey the Bible, you're kept from the path of the destroyer. So in this prayer, David first declared his innocence in this powerful prayer that moved God. He had purity in prayer. He was living in obedience to God. What he was praying was consistent with the will of God. If you're living in habitual sin, harboring unconfessed sin, it will hinder your prayer life. God shows his power when we pray in the will of God for the will of God. 